Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Deepalm. Follow me on Twitter at Deepalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for free 99. Happy New Year, everyone. We are back in the saddle, and we're going to talk about um thing you want us to talk about. And we're going to do it with one of the people you want to talk to do it with. Uh, we got the homie Mike back on the podcast. What's going on, Mike? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good way to start out 2023, which is weird was... to say last. <laughs> the the simulcast of the kick missing and, like, the ball dropping is, I'm not going to say, it depends on how next Monday goes, but I could be watching that for the next year. Like, honestly, it was. Yeah, uh, I just uh, saved that to my phone, you know, just in case. Uh, just when things get sad, just push play. It's like watching yep. a stringer bag get kill, get killed in the wire. It's one of those things that's <laughs> going to put a smile on your face. Every time, every time. Um, since the last time you guys talked, or you guys heard from me, I actually went out and did stand up. Mike was there. And Mike, it wasn't horrible. It was good. It was good. I mean, I could never, ever do that. So definitely impressed on that level uh and you were funny so you know double bonus that was good i'll say you guys this um it is the scariest thing i've ever done it is the most fun thing i've done in a very long time you might catch me in open mics here and around atlanta uh, if you do just come say hi and then please laugh at my jokes i'll pay you if you i have to um all right so we got mike here because we want to talk about the thing that everyone wants to hear me talk about and that was the college playoff that happened this past Saturday, New Year's Eve. It was a back-to-back game to where, Mike, honestly, and I've been this guy for the last nine years. I am pro-BCS. I always will be, always how be. Um, I thought the BCS was right and good. I thought that we didn't need a playoff. I still stand by all those stances, and I thought that they could never give us two good playoff games, and that's where I've been proven super fucking wrong. Um, both the Michigan TCU game and Georgia-Ohio State – were barn burners in the most classic senses. It came down to the wire in both games. Everyone was intrigued. Everyone was invested. I was impressed flat out by the quality of football that I saw that night from everyone except probably Georgia. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to eat crow because I'm still. I was still right. We don't need a playoff. But holy shit, that was a night of football. Was Michigan TCU a barn burner? I mean, barns were burned. Everything was burned. Everyone on that, everyone involved with that game was a pyromaniac and an alcoholic all at once. It was. It, I don't know what I saw. I mean, the second half was a lot because I guess Michigan decided to start playing. Um, but every time they did something, TCU was like, "Let's just uh, have a big play." Uh, and just shout out to Max Duggan. Duggan, I just. I have been someone who was a bit dismissive of Max. I thought that he was good, um, very good, obviously, but I never thought he was great. And he went out there and took everyone who thought like me, he threw us in his pocket, and carried us to the promised land, which is him in the national title game. And I didn't think we'd see it. Say it again. You took it personally. He did. He heard all of us. Hypnotoad was activated. Um, and a thing I didn't think I'd see, Texas Christian University will be playing for national title on January 9th. I want to give a huge shout-out to Harbaugh. Um, not for coaching a bad game, which he did. 
and not for ruining possibly another great quarterback which he possibly has. Harbaugh has somehow got his name involved in NFL coaching circles so that we don't even have time to accurately depict how poorly he coached this past weekend because now Michigan fans have to rally around him to convince him to stay. Every time they get to a big stage and fall flat, he gets paid. And I, for one, would like to commend him for his sham work here. This is very impressive. As someone who appreciates a good scam, I don't know, sir. I mean, certainly one to emulate if I could fail upwards i i would i would like people think i'm exaggerating shea patterson for all of us sec fans shea dr shea was a lightning rod at Ole Miss. he was exciting he was invigorating he gave us something to watch when Ole Miss was playing football shea patterson transferred to michigan and became uninteresting which is the meanest thing i can say about jim Harbaugh. he made dr shea uninteresting and that's an excuse <laughs> Inexcusable, Mike. But now the rubber's going to hit the road. TCU's going to travel to the West Coast. They're going to play the winner of Georgia, Ohio State. We'll talk about them shortly. But did you watch a lot of that big that that um, TCU game? Uh, I had it on. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I probably saw more of the second half than the first. And the second half were where Michigan started doing things. And I think that TCU and Sonny Dykes in his first season as a coach there. Uh, winning the Big 12 when they're picked to finish fourth, I believe, or seventh. Like, it's they've punched them up their weight classes every stand, at every turn. Everyone who said that I don't think they can do it, they've had to eat that crow. Um, they have played fantastic against Michigan. Like you said, every time Michigan thought they were going to come back, Max and them said, no, sir, we're built for this. I, I, I'm still blown away by what I saw in that game. And then 8 o'clock rolled around. And... Georgia played Ohio State in the Georgia Dome for the Peach Bowl. Georgia, who at this time going into the game, was 2-0 in that building, including the last game they played, winning 20 points over LSU. Now, Mike, if I told you that I thought it was going to be nip and tuck, I'd be a liar. If I told you that I wasn't a little glad I didn't record the podcast because I had to eat a lot of crow today, I'd be a liar. Um, This is a game in my 37 years that Georgia loses. And what I mean is, when things tend to break badly late, Georgia seems to be on the receiving end a lot. There was, everyone remembers the kick six that year Auburn won the uh, the national title. They won the, the kick six back against Alabama. The week before that was the dumbest interception you've ever seen returning for a touchdown against Georgia in the waning seconds. Like, it is some of the, the worst things that I could, if I think of, down-to-the-wire football plays, they're all Georgia losses. And for Georgia to not play their best football and to have something weird happen in their favor, I don't know what to do in this world, Mike. How do I live here? That was the bigger surprise. Uh, As an Atlanta sports fan, I'm not used to catching breaks. Like, I, I honestly, like, at the end of that, and we're going to talk about the whole game in a second. At the end, because you can't avoid the end, I'm at the house with Susan watching the game. First of all, this is the first time this woman's ever jumped up and down for Georgia football in her entire life. It was very funny. <laughs> like, very funny. But I had resigned myself to him hitting it. I was like, no matter I mean, what happens, I'm going to hop on this podcast machine. I'm going to talk to one of my friends. And I'm going to either say, ha-ha, we won, we pulled it out, or I'm more likely going to say, I told you about Stetson. 
And I want people who are just joining the conversation around Stetson Bennett, who have listened to this podcast before, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you know how I feel. I've been streaming this shit for for years now. He's 25. His his father is no shit my brother-in-law's pharmacist. <laughs> and I, and I returned, when I found that out, I said back, well, glad he can take over the family business in, the, in, the, in a year because he will not be playing quarterback anywhere. And at 25 in college, he should be a pharmacist by now. Yeah. He should be a pharmacist. Credit should transfer from all the other places he went. But no, I don't know what he is. Dr. Bennett went out there and dealt in that fourth quarter. And for three quarters, I was super right. That silly, silly pick. The other balls that should have been picks. The fucking lateral. The la- the la- I'm so mad about the lateral. Forgot and about that. the world got to see how I look watching Georgia football because you got to see Kirby <laughs> reaction real time. <laughs> I've seen matter coaches. But Kirby was just like, there's a point in that game where you watch Stetson apologize to Kirby. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know why I did that. In the postgame, he says, well, there was that lateral. Huh, stupid. And after the game, what did Kirby say? I'm glad we won. But we got to have better from our quarterback. And I think that is the thing I'm left with most from this game is that Georgia rolled out their B, maybe even their C game. Jalen Carter had one tackle, I believe. And give Ohio State credit. They came out with a defense, an offensive game plan that was super impressive. Yeah. Like talking about from like offensive line nerd bullshit, the blocking decisions that they made as a team early on how to handle the Georgia pressure were really smart adjustments based on what you see from that Georgia team all season. Um, because the weakness of this team, even after losing five first rounders last year, the weakness of the defense has been that secondary. And so if you could give him time and he could scrub, people said, Mark, uh, that man, Jr., I'm not going to say his name, guys. Sorry. I No, not worth it. Um, That man who has no senior, Jr., he was tearing it all apart. And you go watch the film. I've watched this game three times now. First of all, I still can't believe it happened. But also because... Harvin Marison Jr. Let's just do that. It seems safer. Harvin Marison Jr. is a fantastic receiver, probably the best player on the field that night. But what he was benefiting from was not necessarily winning his routes. He was benefiting from that scramble drill. I don't care how good your DBs are, no one can cover for six to seven seconds. It's, that's, that's not the job description. Stay with this man who knows where he wants to go for seven seconds. That's not the job. The job is four to five. Oh, deep home is two seconds. Go watch a football play. Time it out. I'll wait. Pause the podcast. It's serious. Take some time. Hop on YouTube. Go watch any play from that game where, the scrambled, where he scrambled and found uh, Her- uh, Harvin Marison Jr. Don't want to be any complications. He made it happen. And I, look, CJ Stroud is. A fantastic football player. He went out there, hadn't run all year, and then threw that 27-yarder at the end of the game. I thought it was over. But 
Mike, the thing I'm hearing from people is, well, if Harvin Marison hadn't been knocked out of the game, you might not have won. We're about 20 well, minutes and no one's listening. Can I say something to you? Do it. If I hit that man so hard he can't play no more, that seems to me like a good strategic decision. <laughs> well. I, you laugh. You, you I, I'll accept that maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm the jerk. But there is a currency for violence in this sport. And say what you will about everything you can about that secondary for Georgia. And I have all season. I will continue to. They're rich in violence. <laughs> they may be poor in experience. They may be light in depth. But my brother, they're abundant in violence. And I feel bad. i would never cheering for someone to get hurt. I've never, I would never do that. I wouldn't debase myself in such a way. But for you to fix your face and say, well, if he hadn't been playing, I need you to address why he wasn't playing. I need you to address how he got here. Does that seem fair? Am I out of line? Seems fair. I mean, he did get knocked out of the game. So where was it? Like, it wasn't like he twisted an ankle before the game. It was during the game. Yeah. He was removed from the field of play through violence. I don't think I'm out of line. Someone will tell me if I am. If I am, I apologize immediately. I don't feel strongly enough to defend it, so I'm sorry right now. Don't write a think piece. Don't text me. Don't tweet me. I don't care. I'm super sorry. Was that safe? <laughs> Impressive. I felt safe. I feel safe. I feel covered. Mike, Georgia's going to play TCU on January 9th. You know what that means to me? Last ride. Only, for for, only 60 more minutes, Mike. He can only hurt me for 60 more minutes. And then I'm done with him forever. I'll see him at the the now welcoming two-time national champion, Dr. Sanford Field. Sanford Stadium, excuse me. I didn't mean to do that. But, like, I don't have to deal with him on a Saturday. Like, I don't need my emotions tied up on, is Stetson going to fuck this up for me? I don't need that. I'm too old. And so, personally, win, lose, or draw comes Monday, I think I win. And I say win, lose, or draw because I'm not being cocky and I'm not being dismissive. I'm being super honest when I say this. I am legitimately not happy to have to play a running quarterback because you can say what you will about the Georgia defense. The pass rush isn't as good as last year, and um, the secondary is younger. The biggest thing about Georgia defenses, particularly the Kirby Smart-led Georgia defenses, is the same problem that his squads had at Bama under Saban. They do not do well with running quarterbacks. And what that means is when you line up on the field, there's 11 on each side. You take away a quarterback, now you've got 10, 11 guys to defend 10. But once that 10th guy becomes a runner again, the 11th guy, excuse me, in the quarterback, it messes up your numbers and assignments on that very disciplined defense. That's why those lanes for C.J. Stroud were there at the end of the game. Perfectly honest. They're running a spy, and because of the type of coverage they run, 
when the backer, when the running back peeled out, the spy went with him to the right side of the field and CJ ran left. And the words I said at that moment should not ever be heard by anyone. But I was convinced we were going to lose because of that, because of that heads up kind of athletic genius decision by CJ Stroud in that moment. The change quantity is now we've got a quarterback where we know that's what he wants to do. We know that he don't, he does. I'm saying this colloquially, do not, I'm not, he doesn't trust the guys around him in the tightest of moments. In the tightest of moments, Max trusts Max. And that's a bet that's paid off all season. I'm not discounting that bet. I'm just saying you're not going to, this isn't going to be CJ surprising a defense that didn't expect him to run. This is going to be Max coming into a place with guys who know he likes to do that thing. And we'll have to see what happens. And while I was the cockiest man alive going into the Ohio State game, I've decided to temper it some, which is a, a big change for me this season, Mike. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's like multiple different types of Georgia fans, and I have gone from the skies falling Georgia fan to entitled prick Bama fan Georgia fan in like record time. And so I'm going to dial it back for TCU, but you're, you're, you're invested in seeing me get laughed at. So do you see TCU with a shot based on the second half that you saw against Michigan? I mean, Kirby said it himself after the game. They're not ready yet. So uh, we'll see what happens this week. If we can get there. He's t- he was so mad at the end of that game. Stetson got that trophy out of his hand so quickly. He was like, I, don't, I shouldn't be holding this. I, I, that was best. And then Kirby was like, yeah, we got to work. We got work to do. But like this, we're going to lose on January 9th. Kirby Smart was given 10 days to yell at those kids after a win. I do think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a competitive game. But I do think them boys going to hit. I think that injured Brock Bowers and injured Ladd McConkey. And and, 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 and I think I find a way on the field. Injured Darnell Washington, the biggest man alive. Someone's like, what's a six, seven, 300 pound tight end? I'm like, he's the other one. <laughs> he's the other tight end. And he got hurt in the, in the uh, Ohio State game. So we'll have to see how it pans out. I'm very interested to see how what TCU does schematically. Because I don't think you can line up on that 335 and hope to contain the Georgia running thing. And I know. We ran through the five my senior in college. I get how it works against the run. A lot of flexibility, a lot of speed. But speed don't work if it's covered up. And that Georgia line's coming. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that works, how that pans out for them. How about them dogs? Uh, let's go to the sport you're the king of, a sport that I'm really glad we didn't do over-unders for this year, the NBA. We'll start at home first and foremost. The rumors out of Atlanta. Nate, Trey, collision course. Do you put any weight to this, man? We've seen Nate uh, bring the best out of Trey Young. And we've seen some of the uh, up and down from the um, from this season as far as their relationship on and off the court. Do you think that there's a chance that we could be seeing a coaching change for a team that is competing for a playoff spot right now? They're 17 and 19 out of nothing in the East. Like, there's – I don't know. Am, am I being too – look at what you got, baby. Am, am, I, am I the wrong one here to say I hope they work this out? No, because, I mean, you've been happy with the way the Hawks have been the past few seasons, so I get it. Um, 
I don't know. These rumors, I have no idea. The first time I saw them, they just kind of came out of nowhere. So I don't know if there's any, you know, real truth behind them. Um, right on. I uh, kind of think it would be I, I weird for, I, for like a change for me, to happen it's, it's right now. It's the number of times we've heard it now. Has anyone like addressed them in any manner whatsoever? They did the thing because there was a game Trey sat out and then didn't come to the game and didn't sit on the bench, and that was like a kerfuffle. And there's been like lots of little stuff, but nothing where I'm like, oh, he's got it. Someone has to leave, you know? And I commend them at least maybe not letting that get public. But I've yet to see anything where it's like, oh, this is clearly a broken thing that needs to be fixed. More it's been like, can we please remember what we're, what's good here and like not do – like it feels like, can we just not do this part? Like what are we – What's happening here? And maybe I'm just like like I said, maybe I'm holding on to something that's not there. But God, I hope they can work this out. We don't need that kind of upheaval for this team. This is a good basketball team. There's one in there, and 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 one that can has proven the ability to make things done, get things done. The John Collins stuff. I mean, I think that's going to be rumors till he gets traded, and that's not good for anyone. Um, but it is what it is right now, and, and I hope that they can pull it out and figure some things out. Or if they don't, then we get some cheap tickets and go see more games this year. Honestly. Let's yep. spin it positively for ourselves. Um, the other half of the Trey Young trade, that's what I call it, fight me, Luka Doncic. Um, Luka's not gone as far as Trey in the playoffs, which I keep bringing up because that's all I got left to hang my hat on, Mike. Luka's last 10 is averaging 37, 9, and 9. Look, Luka in December, like his lowest scoring game was 19 once uh, he played like 28 minutes i mean he's been i'm gonna read up the last man. i'm gonna read up the last five games of point totals new year's eve put a paltry 51 he did this after they asked pop how are you gonna contain luke he says he's not gonna drop 50 on us he dropped 51 two days before that he dropped 35 on the the rockets two days before that he dropped 60 on the knicks in the garden Goodness. Before that, 32 on the Lakers and then an even 50 on Houston. Um, that's not very nice. And I get it. I'm, I am the wrongest person to come to with this. I am the one who's in the trade corner and has developed this place where I'm going to fight and die on this line. That's fine. Look at the numbers are the numbers. I can't say anything about them. The next time he plays Stevens will be the first time. I mean, I can say something about him. Uh, this is fucking exhausting. It has to be. How, how is this sustainable, especially when you get to the playoffs? I mean, he's leading the team in, like, everything, including minutes. Uh, like, help him, somebody. Like, he shouldn't have to drop 60. Before I – before – before – this is going to turn into jokes really fast when I say the name. Who's the coach? Oh, uh, who is the coach? I don't know. Jason Kidd. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh. In this time next year, I'll be talking about how good Luka is and how Trey Young's still gone further in the playoffs. Wait, do, do you know who the second leading scorer on the team is? Hold on. Let me think. Get a roster in front of it. 
It can't. No, it's not him. I don't. Tell me, man. I don't know. Christian Wood. Bruh. Is he averaging 20? 17, 7. Oh, Luca. Look, buddy. You can't beat double the next guy, man. I mean, he, he it's, next to it. It's, he can, because clearly it's working. Clearly, I mean, like, I, you know, all jokes aside, this is clearly going the right direction for him. Like, this is not not working out. They're winning these ball games. He's getting his numbers. The team doesn't seem to hate him yet. But you're right. That Thank you for bringing me back down to earth on this Luka thing. This is unsustainable. Speaking of unsustainable, LeBron James is going to get that scoring. Uh, he's going to get the overall points lead from Kareem. But, man, what a joyless slog it's turned into. What yeah. an unfun thing to watch it's turned into. It's uh, a little bit shocking. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many Lakers games I've watched this season because – I've watched two minutes. I think I've watched like four or five. And the thing is, there was that stretch of, I think it was, they went eight and two over a 10 game stretch when AD was locked in and healthy, and LeBron was being able to, what he thought he was always going to be able to do is shift to like the second role. And yeah. since that, like one flash of, look what we could be, it's been nothing, man. It's been really, and then of course, AD being out again. I know he did the, what the, was it, 40 something against the Hawks on his birthday? Yeah. He's 38. That's not a sustainable wow. business model. Uh, how many years has he been doing it? <laughs> Clearly, it is sustainable. I mean, but it's not are... sustainable. For, like the thing they did against, like I guess, if you look at LeBron teams that have won, there's a simple formula: surround them with shooters, surround them with shooters. And you look at this Lakers roster, and you're like, wait, there's no shooters. <laughs> not only are there shooters, why is Pat Beverly on the roster? What, what the hell is going on here? And, like, he got the ring into L.A. Like, you can't never – no one can ever take that away from him. Fuck your uh, bubble nonsense. Like, screw your asterisks. He won that ring in L.A. Yep. However, this is weird, right? Like, this is, like, super bad roster construction. And not even, like, coming from a I know more about roster construction. It's just like a I've got these two eyeballs. But isn't that more the norm for his career than, like, not? Like, he's not had – great rosters most of the time but that's but I, I mean yeah you're not wrong like he took eric snow to he, a final he deserves better but like the reality is he hasn't really gotten that often he got in miami and the thing is when he gets it he wins yeah that's fair because he's amazing because he's this, in case you guys don't know, this is a pro LeBron podcast, and it's one that will remind you constantly, appreciate everything you're seeing with this man. This is absurd what he's doing on the basketball court. He hasn't but, even, like, done the late career downshift where, you know, the points drop and you focus on you other and I have joked, You and I have joked for years that his third act was going to be him averaging 15 a game and, like, 13 assists. Yeah, but we're, we're not and there because yet. Davis refuses to say healthy. We haven't seen that one for one second. I don't get it. It's I don't understand. 
he bet on the wrong second banana. I mean, he well, bet on the not second banana in like a deriv in a derisive way. He bet on the wrong heir apparent. Yeah, he uh, thought LeBron he had X, player X, X, X much less than him. He did. He's he's not a good GM. Uh, someone else. He wasn't the, the GM thing. He didn't build this shitty team. The fake fake um, what's his name? You Who think he, he couldn't have stopped any of that from happening? But that's such a weird – that is a standard we've held no one to. He's out here scoring 40 and 10 a night, and we're like, well, he should have built a better team. Like, that's not fair. And that's not even no, I'm not saying he should have built built a better team, but, like, he has – That's not his job. Like, not much it's not his job. Yes, it is not his job. I agree. Yes, it's an unfair comparison, but guess what? If you're going to be at the go. top of all these lists, you're going to have to deal with this shit. So, sorry. I don't care. This is, like, a horrible roster where he recruited friends that, like, don't need to be this on this This is not team. that roster. That was, like, three years ago. This year it was, I need y'all to fix this roster. And they came back with Patrick fucking Beverly, man. Oh. How old is Pat Bev now? Ain't you like 31? And that was like six years ago. That's so mean. Yeah. That's so mean. Ugh. Never not be funny. Um, I guess that's all we'll talk. Who do you got right now, like leading the NBA? Because um I watched a couple of Celts games and um yeah, that's a fucking problem in Boston. Yeah, but weren't they a problem last year until they weren't? I mean, yeah, but they're like a problem. Like they're they're a growner problem. They seem more mature. I don't know if it was just me souring on them down the stretch of their run, but they seem more locked in this year. That seems maybe I'm being unfair to them. They seem better to me this year. I mean, probably, but like, look, it's not even the All Star break. Uh, there's okay, all right, it looks like all right. ridiculous parody this season, like. The Brooklyn Nets are 1.5 games behind the Celtics. I don't hear you extolling the virtues of the Nets. That uh, was next, actually. That was next. I mean, look, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of good happening right now. There's, I mean, the standings are very, very close in a way that I Yo, don't. Healthy Zion's the most fun I've had in years. Yeah, I mean, is their team even like fully healthy? Is has Ingram been playing? No, Ingram came back. I think he's been working his way back in. I think um, uh, Bain is coming back or should be back for the uh, Grizzly now. Did you see the interview with uh, uh, Josh saying he's not worried about anyone in the West? Yeah, I don't know why you would just give an entire conference bulletin board material against you, but, you know. That's I love it. I love it. This is a John, John Morant Hive right now, right? Right here, right now. Yeah, and then and then they got blown out by the the Warriors on Christmas, right? Right after. I'm not he worried said about that. that. One, so that's okay. one game. I'm talking about yeah, trends. I'm a John. Okay. It's a John Morant truther right here. I love John. He is a great game. The Grizzlies have a very promising future, but you can't just throw out statements like that and then collapse against your clear rival that you've named. Uh, yeah, so. Do better. Wow. Um, let's go to the NFL. Wrap up the podcast for the week. Short podcast. It's a holiday because you know that's what we do. NFL playoffs are on the doorstep. If the Bengals don't lose out, 
they win the AFC North. And that is something I'm not ready to confront to where, like, every year the Bengals are going to be good now. Like, no, no, no. Like, Joe Burrow is a thing. I get it. Joey B, it's all fun. The Bengals aren't going to be good now, Mike Arthur. This is getting – the Bills, whatever. You can be good. You're never going to win shit. You're the Bills. If I have to live in a world where I have to worry about the fucking Bengals? Uh, I mean, unless Baltimore gets their shit together. Which it looks like honestly, people be are like, why, why would you pay Lamar? This is why you pay Lamar. The result you're getting sans Lamar. Wait, you pay Lamar because Lamar was a fucking MVP. I mean, are you kidding me? Well, it's pretty Mike, simple. He's a black quarterback, Mike. You have to understand there's a, uh, there's a tax. Uh, yes, I know. You know, you see the tax? You know when you see the tax most recently now, presciently, excuse my English, is when you hear people say, so-and-so should be the MVP, and they talk about it for two or three weeks, and then the person goes away. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is lighting the universe on fire, and we've just, he, we've LeBronified Patrick Mahomes. We've forgotten oh, yeah. about the greatness and just said, oh, of course he did that. He's Patrick Mahomes. He's made the great routine, and so people just kind of overlook it and, you know, do that at your own peril, I guess. I don't like it. Not one bit. Um, this made me smile. Uh, when the, the, the Giants played the Colts this weekend, uh, I believe it's Kev- Kayvon Thibodeau uh, sacked Nick Foles, and he did a snow angel sack dance on the ground. Um, as I mentioned in the segment regarding Harvin Marison, the game is to hit the other person. We can dress it up with routes. We can make it sound nice and sedate with language and padding. It is a violent game. There is no safe cigarette. You play football, you could get hurt. And if I don't know you're hurt and I got a sack, I might do a snow angel. Yeah, of course. Were people mad? Thibodeau said he didn't know that he was hurt. He said, when I realized when he was hurt, so I started getting up. When you're doing this celebration, you're not looking to see who is doing what. I hope he gets well and I hope he's all right. That's all you got to say. That's all yeah, you got to say. Mean, and then Jeff Saturday, who, who, buddy, not even the best coach in Gwinnett County is now the head coach of an NFL team. Um, this is what a coach said after the game. Disappointed from an O-line perspective and teammates in general. We protect our own. Y'all know me. I've been here a long time. I'm going to tread lightly. Obviously, I didn't like it at all. That's where I'll leave it. Sir, the quotes you would give as the center are not the quotes you can give as the head football. You know what? I hate it. I, yeah. Very frustrating. Um, Sam Ellinger will be starting for the cold season finale against the Texans. Matt Ryan will be his backup to wrap up the season. And the last thing I want to talk about today is the team I adopted on Matt. The team who through either immersion of listening too much Leopardard show or belief in Mike McDaniel has become the team I have quietly cheered for this season, having abandoned the Falcons. They abandoned me first. Um, the Miami Dolphins. And there's a stretch of like 10 games in the middle of the season where two is healthy and the offense is clicking. And they were dropping 35 a game, Mike. It was so much fun. You were like, oh, this Mike McDaniel guy, he's, he's dreaming of the wheel. They got Tyree Kill. Jalen Waddle's the other guy. Like, this is what you need. And you saw the, 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 the promise of what that offense could be. And we go back for the third time because 
everything comes in threes, and I was forced to contend with maybe just maybe this man's too small to play NFL football. Because he gets concussions on hits where I'm like, oh, like I I feel for like it comes from a place of like I just my height my heart goes to he shouldn't be out there. And maybe I'm a jerk, and maybe I'm I'm limiting him or some way, but like some of those hits, Mike, and you watch him the slow, like it just I don't like it, not one bit. I mean, how many concussions are we up to at this point? Because it's been what two? We're this at two cataloged by the NFL this season. It's a lot. It's and. Pursue your dreams, chase what you want to do, yada yada yada. They who is the um oh was it right? Is it right? I'm gonna look this up real quick. It's it's one thing to say chase your dreams, do do everything you can, but it's hard to look at this and say, Oh, I hope he comes back next season. I hope that he's able to come back and shake this off. The NFL likes to to um Trot, Ryan Shazier, out a lot. He was the, in case you don't remember, he was the football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers who um, was a pro bowler. And he had a, um, a 2017 season, made a tackle, left from a paraplegic. Oof. He had spinal stabilization surgery, learned to walk again. And um, they, they talk about him. They trot him out there as the successor of NFL football saying he learned to walk again. And my thing is, are we going to address how he ended up in this situation? Yeah, cl- and I'm laughing part. <laughs> he learned how to walk again. Why did he figure out how to walk? Don't worry about that. Like, it's, you know, like, it just feels like, and I'm not telling any man how to live his life. It feels like two shouldn't play football again. And when you get, cases and stories like this it makes you really reflective because when he got hurt i think it was the Bengals game this year and thursday night football they're like he wasn't concussed he was totally concussed and they're all at home like he's super concussed it felt like an abdication of responsibility from the team and somehow some way i found a way to make this one feel worse because you watch him get hit, and then you watch him throw three second-half picks. And I'll bet all the money listeners may have that when the discussion about two in the offseason comes back, they will not say if three of those picks were concussed. I don't they know. They'll say, is he worth the risk? Look at, look, at the, look at the interception number. That's what – Mike, that's what they'll do, and I will feel gross – it's like every time I hear Deshaun Watson's name, and you know, if you realize this too, when they tweet out links from his games, they don't show him. Oh. If it's a pass downfield, you'll see the pass in the clip starts with a pass in the air. They know. And this is not worse, but it happened on your time, on your on your field. We filmed it. And I don't know if it's just I'm getting old, but there's got like I asked Mike McDaniel when two is coming back, and he says we're trying to get him to 
we're trying we're hoping to get him where he knows what day it is and shit. some shit like that and i was like well yeah man like uh mike gold jr tweeted something about being on a sideline once after graduate after finishing his football career and watching one collision like what were we thinking and i think there's a lot of football players who feel that way i'm one of them I'm like i sit on the sideline of a football game mike and i'm like we were great what were we doing oh if you hit me like that right now i wouldn't get up for three days nope <laughs> well, this is fine the ground's fine i'll be fine and now like there's i think the two thing gets me mad is because i know what's happening i know what's coming next and that knowledge is almost it's almost worse than the, the hit it's almost worse than watching them trot them out there and to get hurt again um, there's no safe cigarette. Obviously, football is an inherently dangerous sport, yada, yada, and yada. But um, we can all agree that wasn't the most fun thing to watch and that the predictability of what comes next is also going to be pretty bad. Speaking of predictable, we got our way too early national championship predictions. Mike, I'm putting you on the spot. Georgia is a 13-point favorite. They open as such. It's going to get bigger. Do they cover the 13? That's right, Mike. Ooh. I was serious. The full sports show is like that. Uh, no. Ooh. Well, Michael, it looks like you and I have a little uh, off-pod gambling to do. Exciting me here. Um, I am back in my Homer shit. I'm back on my cocky, obnoxious Georgia fan shit. Georgia 31, TCU 10. Let's go, dogs. Let's go, dogs. Well, one more podcast out before uh the national championship game. Haven't decided if it's going to be us actually doing more college ball stuff or maybe having fun with my... Uh, Talking to my wife about Marvel stuff. But we'll figure out what it's going to be. A lot more podcasts here in the new year. Very excited to do it. Mike, thank you so much for coming on, hanging out, and talking all this here, um, football stuff. And honestly, thank you for listening to me brag about Georgia football and just bask in the sadness of Ohio State. If you want to laugh, Google Ohio State sad. It's – I'm not a TikTok guy. I'm depressed enough. But man, oh man, Ohio State sad might be like watching Ohio State fans share a midnight kiss and then immediately fall to the ground because their kicker missed that kick. It's priceless. It's truly priceless. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next week. Go dogs.